Bless your name. Give him praise. We lift your name, Abba Father. We glorify you. You are our God. You are our King. You are our Maker. You are our Reviver. You are our God. We declare our lips and we say that there is no other God but you are the God that created everything. The God of the constellations, the God of the heavens. You that sits in the heavens of the heavens. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them today is better than yesterday. And tomorrow shall be better than today. Amen. Tell them it is revival time. It's revival time. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I hope you had a wonderful night. You had wonderful dreams and not nightmares. <laughs> I also had a wonderful night, and it's good to see you this morning. So, um, this morning I want to continue. Uh, yesterday I was sharing with us on what happens if revival does not take place in the life of somebody or in a nation. And uh, today I want to move to the second topic, and that is dynamics of revival. How does revival happen in our lives? Because I said yesterday that revival is not a miracle. You know, you cannot sit and say, we are waiting for revival. <laughs> we are waiting, we are waiting, we are waiting. There are many prophetic words that have been spoken over the nation of Malaysia concerning revival. Um, I remember when the, Lord sent, uh, when the Lord sent us to come to Malaysia, the Lord told us to go to the places uh, before we would you know, do anything much, to go to the places in Malaysia where he moved greatly, places of covenant. Places of covenant are places where God has poured out tremendous voltage of his spirit. Of course, even, I mean, every, even here, this is a place of covenant. You can turn your home to be a place of covenant. Uh, but places of covenant, they differ depending on how much of the presence of God has been poured into that place. And so the Lord spoke to us to go to the different places of covenant. And one of those places was Barrio. We went to Barrio. Um, and uh, the Lord gave us instruction to take the soil from Barrio and take it to our prayer tower in Nairobi and pray for revival for Malaysia. We also went to Taginambu. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Eh? Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we went there and also collected soil and also took it um, uh, to to pray for it. Because revival, despite 
the prophetic words that Malaysia has, revival will not just happen. You know? God spoke to us that, you know, there's going to be a move of God. And I, I remember many prophets have also prophesied. One time I was preaching with Cindy Jacobs and she said the Lord spoke to her that there's going to be a, a powerful revival that will begin in East Malaysia. But we cannot sit and wait. We have to do something, you know. So um, today I want us to, to, to read the scriptures. There are quite a number of scriptures that we will be reading uh, let's go to the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3, verse 1 to 2. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Shignoth, O Lord, I've heard of thy speech and was afraid, O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years, in the midst of the years, make known, in wrath, remember mercy. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. I pray that in this uh, time that you've given us, that you start up the church, revive your people, take them to another dimension of prayer, hunger, supernatural hunger for more of your presence and more of your fire in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So yesterday, I said that when we are talking about revival, we are not talking from a place of lack. You know? It's not that we don't have the presence of God. No. Uh, because all of us experienced the first revival when we accepted Christ as our personal savior. That was the first revival. So when we are talking about revival here, we are talking about a hunger and a desire for more of the presence of God because that is what happens when you are experiencing revival. We all have the presence of God but we are not all of us moving on the same dimension and the same measure. So revival is an increase in the manifestation, the manifested presence of God. And that's what, that's what the church needs. S-I-B you are experiencing revival. I mean, yesterday I was here and we began to pray. And, you know, I remember the first time I came to SIB and your prayer life now. I mean, there's such an increase of the presence of God. But we want something more than that. We want to go deeper. Uh, we want to see, you know, the spirit of repentance, the spirit of holiness. Uh, people turning all their lives and abandoning themselves to do the will of God. Because when revival comes, people abandon their programs and all that they desire and they want to do, they want to live for God and all they want is to please the Lord. Revival turns Christians into witnesses. You will never be a witness without experiencing revival in your life. You know, uh, that is why uh, Jesus Christ had to tell his disciples to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. When they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, then they could become witnesses. Because who is a witness? A witness is somebody who has seen, he has been there at the scene, and he has seen, he has experienced, you know, what has taken place, and so he now has authority to speak about it. 
Uh, the thing about revival is that revivals bring supernatural encounters. You know, child of God, listen to me. Reading the word of God, reading the word of God alone will never change your life. I'm making a statement that may look strange to you. But reading the word of God alone will never change your life. Praying alone will not change your life. Because, I mean, many commentaries actually that are being written and commentaries that you even read have been written by people that are not born again. They do it for money. There are many people that are not born again that read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation several times a year and their lives have never been transformed. Reading the Bible alone, uh, praying alone, does not bring transformation in your life. What brings transformation in your life, uh, when you're reading the Bible, there is what I call the moments when you are reading the Word or when you are praying or even when you're in a corporate service like that, there are at those moments when the presence of God comes upon your life. You read a scripture, and the scripture, this scripture for the first time, it makes so much meaning, more than ever before. It's like the scripture jumps off, and uh, so much revelation knowledge begins to power into your spirit, and you begin to understand. Because you can read the Bible from the flesh. You can pray from the flesh. You can fast from the flesh. That does not bring results. It is only the things that you do in the spirit that bring results in your life. Now, all of us here, we may not have... Because how does your life change? Your life gets transformed through supernatural encounters. You know? At times, you are in a corporate time of worship like this, and you know, you are worshiping, and uh, you know, we are, the way we've just been singing right now, and suddenly, the presence of God comes upon your life, the manifest presence. And God becomes more real to you than before. The love of God becomes so real to you than before. Your level of faith rises up, and sometimes you even begin to weep. Tears just begin to flow out of your eyes. What is happening to you at that moment? You are having a supernatural encounter. You may not have supernatural encounters like the encounters of Moses on Mount Sinai where God came down and boom, 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 and everybody's trembling. No. It may be a quiet supernatural encounter, but through that encounter, your spirit is getting transformed from glory to glory. That's how your life changes. You're reading the word of God, revelation, the top of revelation opens up. Tears begin to come. The faith level rises. You get transformed like that. Otherwise, if you are just going to read 20 chapters of the Bible, and the scripture you remember is the last one that you have read, <laughs> you can do that all year long and you will not get experience. You, 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 you must have encounters when you're reading the word of God. 
encounters when you are in prayer encounters when you are in corporate worship like this or at times even when the preaching is going on i don't know if you understand what i'm talking about you know you are in a service and on that day something different happens to you you know the, the message makes so much meaning to your life more than ever before those are encounters and that is how our life gets transformed so revival one of the things that happens in revivals is that there are many supernatural encounters that take place you know it's not just reading about it and hearing about it but it is a personal supernatural encounter and uh, i usually have many encounters uh, you know many times when i'm praying and even at times you're praying and you receive new things you know at times you've been having one tongue you go with your then suddenly your tongue moves into another level you know you begin to speak tongues that you never spoke about those are encounters and we should treasure those moments because the spirit is doing a deep work inside of our lives so then you become a witness why because you have had an experience brothers and sisters christianity is an experience it is an experience it is an experience the things that are written in the scripture god wants us to experience when we talk about the presence of god you should not just be reading books about the presence of god and people are giving their no you have to have your own encounter yes the books help us to have an understanding but god's plan and desire for everybody is to experience first hand listen child of god somebody can come with another theology and deceive you you know somebody can come with another teaching maybe and 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 tell you maybe jesus christ is not real and give you 20 reasons (laughs) why christ is not real and tell you maybe buddha is the one who is real but listen there's one thing i know that the enemy can never steal away from you that is your experience you cannot steal and that's why one of the things that happens to people who were born again in revival atmospheres they will stay in the kingdom of god until they die i am telling you you research and see those guys who got born again in revival atmospheres why they had an encounter hallelujah i can forget the scriptures but i cannot forget the encounter i cannot forget the experience that i had when i encountered with the lord in 1999 when i met with the lord when the lord gave me the assignment for what i am doing now you know it was one night we had spent the whole you know the whole night in prayer then i went to sleep and in that dream the lord came and visited me and he laid his hands on me and he spoke i mean he spoke words but i can never forget that experience you remember the man in the book of john chapter 9 you know who jesus opened his eyes 
you know, the blind man. And the Pharisees called him and they told him, come on, give God the glory. This man is not good. This man is wicked. He does miracles on Sunday. He's not a righteous man. He's not a man from God. And the man told them, guys, I don't know the scriptures. Whether he's righteous, I don't know. Whether he's holy, I don't know. Whether he's wicked, I don't know. But one thing that I know, I was blind and now I can see. I have had a first-hand experience. Lift your hand and say, Lord, let me have an encounter with you. I desire an encounter. Oh, I desire an encounter. Holy Spirit, let your people encounter with your presence. Come on, just open. Open your mouth and just pray. Ask the Lord. I want an encounter with you. Not with a man. It is you that I need. I need that supernatural encounter. Even over this weekend as I'm coming for these meetings. I want what I desire more than anything else is an encounter that will bring a transformation in my life. we desire an encounter an encounter with your presence an encounter my god a supernatural encounter that brings transformation that leaves a mark on our lives that turns us into witnesses Oh, Holy Spirit. Okay. So, we looked at this scripture in the book of Habakkuk. Where Habakkuk is crying out and is saying, Oh Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. Why in the midst of the years? Because revival moves in waves. Revival moves in waves. You know? You trigger a wave of revival... And that wave will take you for some time, but not forever. It will take you for some time. And that's why you find uh, believers saying this kind of thing. You know, things used to, things have been going on so well in my life. I was, I've been enjoying the presence of God. You know, my family has been doing well. My ministry has been doing well. But now, I am stuck. I am in stagnation. Spiritual stagnation. Why? Because you trigger the wave and you rode on that wave for some time, but waves come to an end. 
waves come. Even in ministry, we have to master the art of triggering waves. You have to trigger because ministry is driven by waves. And a wave just does not happen. A wave must be triggered. And how do you trigger a wave? Because waves begin in the deep sea. You have to swim against the tide to trigger a wave that will drive you for some time. The reason why ministries enter into stagnation and into canopies is because, and even nations, it's because of not triggering waves. That's the reason why you have to trigger a wave every morning. Ask your neighbor, did you trigger your wave? (laughs) Did you trigger the wave of prayer this morning? Did you spend time on your altar this morning to trigger the wave? (laughs) Because some of you, you only trigger a wave on Sunday. And for the whole week, what are you doing? <laughs> You're in fun girl. <laughs> You're sleeping. The cloud will leave you. Listen, child of God, every day that you spend without praying or without reading the word of God. You know what happens to you? You know, the cloud of God's presence that moved with Israel is always moving. The cloud is always moving. So, if you don't pray, the cloud moves and leaves you behind. Eh? You don't pray tomorrow, it moves. You don't pray the other day, it moves. Have you experienced that when you spend Three days without prayer, without reading the word of God, you are born again, but you feel like God is far from you. How many people have experienced that? <laughs> you feel God is far. You know, even your faith level, you feel your faith is down. Prayer does not bring faith. But prayer creates an atmosphere that enhances our faith. So, to catch up with the cloud, you have to activate your altar every day. You know, to enjoy the presence of God, the abiding presence of God. You have to activate it every day. Read the word of God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in worship. Spend time in meditation. Have some quiet time. Oh my goodness. Waves. So, you have, how do you trigger waves? You trigger waves through prayer. You trigger waves through fasting. Because you're swimming against the tide. Like now you're going to be going for 40 days. You, you, are, you are triggering a force, a supernatural force that is going to move you for some time. I have been, uh, you know, one day, do you know a man of God called uh, Reynard Bonke? Yes. Reynard Bonke had a dream. 
And in this dream, he was in a big ship. The ship was huge. And the ship was moving. Then the ship stopped moving. And uh, so when he looked underneath, there was no water. So the ship could not move because there was no water. So he did not even understand the meaning. So when he woke up, he asked the Lord, what does this dream mean? And the Lord told him, the, the, the ship you see is the vision that I've given you. It's a, I've given you a big vision. It's a vision that is going to touch nations. But your ship cannot move because it has no water. <laughs> it has no water. So, monkey said, so where do I get the water from? And God told him, spiritual water that you need to drive your vision is generated through intercession. Raise up intercessors to generate water for your ship to move. Ask your neighbor, you have a big vision, but do you have the water? <laughs> do you have the water? Do you have enough water to drive the vision? So that is how he raised up, you know, people like Suzette. You know, you know, you know how he, that lady who used to be his chief intercessor. We used to, you know, she raised up many intercessors to pray and generate spiritual water to to move the ship. Huh? So. I have been studying, uh, even, in, you know, like for example, when you go for 40 days of prayer and fasting, something happens. And please, you are going for 40 days of prayer and fasting. But always make a decision. Make a decision. Because you see, when we get into fasting, people change their lifestyles. You know? And uh, during the 40 days of prayer and fasting, people enjoy the presence of God. They go deeper in God. The, the wheels of the Spirit are activated in their lives and they go to higher spiritual dimensions. But then, what happens after the 40 days? They begin to go back to the lifestyles that they lived before. This is why you are only anointed for the 40 days. <laughs> and then you drive on that wave for maybe two months and after that you're back why because you are you've been sliding back to the lifestyle as we go for these 40 days of prayer and fasting make a decision the things that I am breaking away from, the lifestyle, I'm not going to go back to it. But then you cannot just say, I'm going to do 40 days of prayer and fasting and for the rest of the year, I'm just going to be eating. No. You have to keep on triggering waves. I started the life of Jesus. Do you know that Jesus in his ministry on earth he triggered. Let's just look at a few waves that Jesus Christ triggered. Wave number one 
is in Luke chapter 4 verse 14. And Jesus returned uh, in Luke chapter 4 verse 1. The Bible says that he went for 40 days of, of, of prayer and fasting. Just look at that very quickly. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being forty days tempted of the devil, in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Verse 14, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. That was the first wave that he triggered. He went for 40 days of prayer and fasting. And when he returns, what do we see taking place in his ministry? He returns not in the power of the Holy Spirit, but he returns now. He, retu- he does not return because when he went, he was full of the Holy Ghost, but he had no power. But then after spending 40 days in the wilderness, when he comes out, he returns in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost, but you don't have power. He had the Holy Ghost, but he didn't have power. It is fasting and prayer that activated him into the realm of power. But then he did not stop on that wave. You know, look in Mark chapter 9, verse 2 to 4. The Bible says, And after six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter and James and John and leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. And then appeared unto them Elias with Moses, uh, 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 and they were talking with Jesus. What did he do? He went on, on mountain, on the, I think it was Mount, was it Mount Gilbo, where he took the disciples. What, what did they go to do there? They went to pray. And they stayed there in prayer until Moses and Elijah came. Prayer brings restoration. Moses had never stepped in the promised land all his years. He missed it. But when Jesus goes for intercession, he goes for prayer on the mountain for the first time in the life of Moses, he was able to step on the land of Israel. Prayer brings restoration. What he had missed, he was able to experience it. And then he, his, his, his countenance, I mean, he had an encounter with the glory of God. Then when he came from the mountain, you remember he found this child who had epilepsy and, uh, you know, great, 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 great things happened in his ministry after that. He cast out that spirit of epilepsy. That was a second wave, you know, that he triggered in his ministry. Tell your neighbor, trigger another wave. Don't stay on one wave. Hallelujah. Then thirdly, we see that uh, in the book of Mark, chapter, um, John actually, chapter 10, verse 39, uh, 41 to 42. Therefore, they sought to take him again, 
But he has kept out of their hand. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all these things that John spoke of this man were true, and many believed on him. Now look at John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Uh, now a certain man was sick Lazarus of Bethany in the town of Mary and her sister it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick therefore his sister sent unto him saying Lord behold he whom thou lovest is sick when Jesus heard that he said this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God that the son of God might be glorified now when you read the whole of this story you will understand something. Jesus Christ stayed at the river Jordan. Remember, in, in John chapter 10, they wanted to kill him. But the Bible says he escaped out of their hands. And he ran. And he went to the river Jordan. Why the river Jordan? Because the river Jordan was a place of supernatural encounter. It was at the river Jordan where the heavens opened. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. After he had been baptized by John the Baptist. So he stays at the river Jordan. What do you think he was doing at the river Jordan? He must have been in prayer. And then he receives the message that uh, Lazarus is dead. And he stayed for the next four days. He was not in a hurry to leave that place. And then, oh my goodness. This was the most powerful wave in Jesus' ministry. When he left the river Jordan and he came back. He found Lazarus is dead. How many days has he been dead? He has been dead for four days. You know? Now, those of you who are familiar with Jewish tradition, you know very well that the Jewish used to believe that if somebody dies, he can come back to life within three days. But they believed that only Messiah has the power to resurrect somebody after four days. And so when he comes back, he calls Lazarus out. That was a miracle that had never happened in his entire ministry. Yes, he had resurrected the, 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 the son of the widow of Nain uh, in Luke chapter 7. He had resurrected the, 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 was it the daughter, the daughter of Jairus, you know, who was 12 years. But this had just died from hours. But now you are talking about four days. And what happened after that miracle? The Bible says the Pharisees had a meeting and they said we have to do something because the whole world is gone after him. Are we together? That miracle totally changed the ministry of Jesus Christ. And uh, the whole world was after him and they even decided for us to be able to stop this man, we must kill Lazarus. Child of God, you need a new wave in your life. Amen. Glory to God for the powerful things that God is doing in SIB. But this morning we are praying for a new wave. We need a new wave. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, uh, 
There was a man of God in, uh, in the United States called Franklin Hall. How many of you have heard of Franklin Hall? Franklin Hall, because I'm saying this, waves are triggered by extended seasons of prayer, extended seasons of fasting. They trigger supernatural waves of revival that move us to another dimension. That move, you know, the church, either the local church or territorial church to another dimension. Franklin Hall was preaching in the 1940s. And he began to mobilize America to fast for 40 days. In fact, he wrote a book. You can get it, you can get it online. It is free. It is called Atomic Power Through Fasting. It is one of the best books you'll ever read on fasting. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I've also written a book on fasting. In fact, you should buy yourself a copy. They are there. The unbeatable power in a 40-day fasting. As you're preparing yourself for fasting, it is going to really ignite you and stir you up to fast and seek the Lord. So Franklin Hall went around the entire America from state to state. He was holding tent meetings and just teaching people on 40 days of prayer and fasting, and then releasing the grace, releasing the impartation. But do you know, uh, what were they praying for? They were praying for two things. One, they were praying for wild revival, and secondly, they were praying for the release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, when a wave comes, a wave usually raises up an entire generation. It raises an entire generation. A wave of revival. does not raise one man or one woman. It is an entire generation. In the 1940s, if you study, you realize it was in that segment that God raised up the healing evangelists. T.L. Osborne, Maurice Ceruro, Oro Roberts, uh, Kenneth Hudson, all these guys, they were raised up within that segment of the 1940s and the 1950s. It was a wave that came because it had been triggered by intensive seasons of prayer and fasting. And just look at what the world has become as a result of that wave. In fact, T.L. Osborne, a very, very powerful evangelist. He went to preach in India. And the Indians told him, we don't, have a, we don't have a problem to believe in your God. But you must prove to us that your God is real. So, uh, you're saying your God is greater than all the idols of India? Prove. The blind eyes are here. Open them. And he could not. And he, they packed their bags with his wife and they went back to the U.S., but then he went and attended the meeting of, uh, of Granham, this guy called Branham. Yeah, okay, he went off, but at that time he was okay. He was still preaching the real word. Bill, uh, T.L. Osborne attended his meeting in Phoenix, Arizona. And he saw the miracles that was taking place. And he cried and he said, Lord, I desire that. And the Lord told him, you can do that. Then he went and attended the meeting of, Oral, of, of Franklin Hall where he got the impartation of prayer and fasting. 
So he now had the impartation of prayer and fasting, and he had the impartation of the miraculous. So he began to do the 40 days of prayer and fasting. And that's what led him into uh, miracles, signs, and wonders. And, you know, great things happened in his ministry. So we, we, need, we need to activate waves of revival. Now, moving away from that, how does revival happen? Let's look at the book of Hosea, chapter 10 and verse 12. And look at the different stages of how revival happens. How we can experience revival on a personal level, even on a church level. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and reign righteousness upon you. Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. I find this scripture to be the most powerful scripture in the Bible concerning how to prepare for revival. So, point number one, how do we begin? It begins by the principle of sowing. Sowing. The depth of your prayer life comes from you sowing the right things in your heart. What are you sowing? Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, the Bible says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. What are you sowing in your life? You cannot be sowing movies. <laughs> you are sowing Korean soaps the whole night, every day. You are sowing movies, you know. You are sowing pornographic literature. There are people in the church who watch pornographic. Yes, it is happening. People are watching pornographic literature. You know? People are not eating from the tree of life. They are eating from the tree of knowledge. Just like it was in the Garden of Eden. They did not eat the tree of life. They ate the tree of knowledge. We are accessing knowledge that we are not supposed to be accessing. It is happening in the church. I am a pastor. People come to speak to me and they tell me I am struggling with pornography. And some of them are married. Not just young people. And some of them are here. And you're struggling. Because the things that you saw in your heart create a spiritual climate inside of your life. You cannot be sowing the wrong things and you are expecting to harvest revival. It cannot happen. That's why your prayer life will be quenched. Your desire to read the word of God will be quenched. Why? Because you are sowing tears inside of your heart. 
You are not sowing wheat, but you are sowing tares. Oh my God. And so that's the reason why you find that some people are on fire for God for two days, on fire for God for three days, and then they keep on, you know, falling apart and falling apart and falling apart. Because it begins by sowing the right things. So, what do I have to sow? I have to sow the word of God. And nobody is going to do it for you. You have to do it yourself. Oh my God. Amos chapter 8, verse 11. Amos, the Bible, Amos. Verse, chapter 8, verse 11 to 12. The Bible says, Behold, in the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread. Not a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Ah, look at that kind of famine. It's not a famine for food. It's not a hunger for food. It's not a hunger for water. But this is actually an atmosphere of revival. Because you cannot be able to seek the Lord and to read the word of God profitably without having hunger. The Lord says, I'm going to release that hunger upon my people. You know? Uh, uh, And they shall wander from sea to sea and from north, even to the east, they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. You know? We need to ask the Lord to to give us that baptism. Baptism of hunger for the word of God. The feminine that he's talking about. That is coming. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 21. Blessed are you that hunger now. For you shall be filled. Blessed are you that weep now. For you shall laugh. Friends, if we are already filled. We cannot be filled. You know, you cannot enjoy food if you are not hungry. You know, some people just eat because it is midday. I need to eat. When I first came to Malaysia, I was told Malaysians eat one meal a day. Anyway, somebody made a <laughs> joke. I said, For us here, we eat one meal a day. I said, wow, you guys are good at fasting. I said, no, we eat one, one non-stoppable meal a day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said, wow. But really, you cannot enjoy food if you're not hungry. That's why I love fasting. So when I descend on that food, I have an appetite of a lion. Are you hungry? Are you hungry for the presence of God? You know, when you look in the in Psalms chapter 60,
63, David says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. David was not saying this because he did not have the presence of God. He had the presence of God. Let me tell you, friends, the major key that unlocks revival is hunger. Hunger is the major key that is going to bring about revival. You know? Because what does hunger do? Hunger drives us to desperate prayers. Lord, I'm hungry. I am hungry. I am hungry. I'm hungry for your presence. I'm hungry for more. And people who have not tested the presence of God will never be hungry. They will never be hungry for the presence of God. You know? Child of God, we should not be contented. I know you have the presence of God. I know you're reading the word of God. You are praying. But is that all? Brothers and sisters, if the God that we are talking about, the God that we are saying, he's the king of kings, he's the lord of lords, he's the God of the impossible, the God that heals cancer, the God that can can change and transform the nation of Malaysia and is going to do it. You know, he's going to do it. He has promised it and he's going to do it. If we really, if the God that is spoken about in the Bible is the God that we believe, the Christianity that you are enjoying today, is that all? Really, is that all? Just to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues, da 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 and read a few chapters of the Bible every day. And uh, is that all? Really? Have we exhausted the greatness of God? I mean, you see, when you are hungry, your church, your business can even be doing so well. But there is something inside of you that says this is not enough. This is not all. Lord, I want to see more. I want to see more of your glory. I want to see more of your power. I want to see more of you. Your current state of Christianity. Is that all, child of God? Can you sit and say, now I have arrived. <laughs> I'm waiting to go home. <laughs> really. I was telling people in our church on Sunday, and I told them, if church is just about us coming and singing a few songs and preaching on, you know, having a message and people get excited and a few people get slain here and there and few miracles. If that is all, really, there is something wrong. There is something wrong. I want to see my community saturated with the presence of God. I want to see the prostitutes coming to the Lord. I want to see the witches and the sorcerers, the cousins that are in our community. I want to see them coming to the Lord without much struggle. 
The Bible is saying that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we ask for according to the power that works within us. But have you observed that we pray a lot but see few answers to prayer? Child of God, you cannot be satisfied. You cannot be contented. You know, because maybe you, you have a good job, you have business, your business is making money, and uh, your children at university, you cannot be contented. There is something more. So, we need to ask the Lord to baptize us in hunger. Lord, we want more of you. We want to see your glory. We want to see your works. We want to see it transform Maresia. You have promised us. We don't know how to go about the situation of the cousins. But God, you are able. You can do it. Come on. Open, open your mouth and pray for yourself. Pray for hunger. Just ask the Lord to baptize you with hunger. If you know that you want more, you are desperate, more of God, open your mouth and pray. Let's just stand up and let's take some time to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, I want to be hungry. I want to be hungry. As David was thirsty for your presence. Desperate prayers. Desperate prayers. Not prayers that are coming out of comfort, but desperate prayers. Father, we want to see you. We want to see your power. We want to see more of you. We want to see a move of God. We want to see you, Lord. Oh my God. We want to see you healing autistic children. We want to see you healing cancers. We want to see you healing the mud. We want to see you raising the dead. We are hungry for more. My God. Shama Kayama. It's not enough. Thank me to God for the presence. But it is not enough. Rashamayande Makasamayatai. We want to see more, more of your works. Our children are not coming to the Lord. Father, how can we be coming to worship you when our children are lost in drugs? They are lost in immorality. They are lost outside there. Lord, we hunger. We hunger. We cry out to you today. Makasamayandes. Rimashana makayama. Remasia. We are losing many people through cancer, through sicknesses. Where are your works of old, Father? We want to see you move in our government. We want to see you do away with corruption. We want to see you stop the darkness. Oh Lord, we hunger for more. 
Ramasana Makaya Saya Bandesa Makaramayandos Ramakataramayanda Child of God Ask for hunger Ask for hunger Ask for hunger Hunger for God Hunger for the word Hunger for the presence of God Masatana Magadaya Roshana Magadaya Magadaya Basama Karama Remasana Makatai Rakayama Yandi Remayata We are desperate We are desperate We are desperate We are desperate Lord for a move of God in Malaysia We are desperate oh God We are desperate oh God we cry out to you. Oh my God. Ramashana yandaya karebayata. Ramasayama. We are not asking for money. We are not asking for houses. We are not asking for wealth. We are asking for a move of God. Rain the heavens and come down. 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 Shama mama 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 Rama Shatarama Makasaya ya ya ya. Oh Lord, we have heard of Azusa Street Revival. We have heard of revivals in Barrio. We have heard of revivals in Taginamu. Abba Father, we are hungry again. Masatayama. Ramasayaba. Roshatarama. Makasamayata Roshamayane Samayata Remakayama Roshamayane Samayate Zayamakayama Rekarobosete We cry out to you. We want to see more, 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 more in our nation, more in our city, more in our churches. We want to see more. Oh Lord, more of you. Masata makayamayata. Rema Samayata, Rema Yando Shamakata, Rema Siabakataya, Reshamayande, the God that came down in Barrio in the 1970s, ran the heavens and come down again, ran the heavens. <coughs> Makasamayata, Roshatarama.
Marama Shana Makaya Rema Rema Move in our children Move in our families Move Lord Move Lord Move Lord Rasaya Bagare Roshataramayande My God Rimasia Reka Rema 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 Shatarabakataya Zamakarama Sandaya Rekarama Samakayama Roshamakayama Kaya Rosia Bakatea Remandesia Talabaya Roshanabagare Zagaraya Roshamakarama Siaba Rika Sakare Mayate Mashama resama yandesa mayatara bayato yamakayaba rimasia mandesa makayamayata rimayana sayamakaraba arama sayamakayama remakasamayana <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Why should they even say that where is their God? Why should they even say that where is your God? Ah! Makasamayande sayalamakaya Lord, we are saying, Lord, we plead with you. We are desperate. Come down, Lord. Come down, Lord. Mayataya Makaya Lord come down in our children Lord Shamataya Makaya Ah ha 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 
Anelala Abba Father Abba Father Abba Father Samakare Karakaraba Roshamakayate Zakarandeziate Remove away the shame. Remove away the reproach, my God. Remove away the reproach. Remove away the reproach, my God. Makarama Sanda Bakataya. Ramasaya Makayaya. Resama Kaya Makayataya. Rosamandesiamaya. How long shall I go through this reproach, my God? Makayama. Rosaba, Rosaba, Rosaba yande, Samayande, Rimasiata, Remasia Bakataya. Rend the heavens and come, rend the heavens and come, rend the heavens and come, Lord, come, Lord, come, Lord, come, Lord, come, Lord, come, Lord, come, Samakaya Maresayata Makaya Masiata Come Lord, come now, come now, come now Samayataya Makayama Samare karobosete Samayande Zakama Remasiate Our Father Come down in the land Come down in the land of God Come down in this nation my Father Come down in the families which are here, oh God. Shama, mama, mama. Oh my God. That family that has a sick man who has cancer, come down. Come down, Lord. Come down, Lord. Masamagari Ramasana Makatai Remasandiatai Remakaya Makarama Remasataya Bagadaya Enough is enough Enough is enough Enough is enough Enough is enough Enough is enough, enough, is enough. 
Enough is enough, Lord. Shamakara masata mayandes. Mayataya makaya mayate. Zaya bagade. Shamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamam
Thank you, Jesus. We are desperate for the presence of God. Do you know that song? I'm desperate. I'm desperate for your presence. Yeah, I'm desperate. I want more of your presence. Let's say, and I'm lost without you. You are the air that I breathe. You're the air that I breathe. Thank you, Jesus. Shamakata. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are all desperate to see a move of God in our city, in our nation, in our families. Everybody, you are facing a situation where you need a move of God. Lord, baptize your people with hunger. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He's releasing his hunger over your heart. Hunger will make us to move from the status quo. Hunger will catapult us to the deeper waters of the Spirit. Holy Ghost. Abba Father, Abba Father, do a deep work of hunger, desperation in our hearts. This 
is my deliverance. Your every word is spoken.
it is you that we need lord it's you that we hunger for it's you that we desire our focus our eyes our everything is on you is on you lord is on you lord want to see you. I can't take our seats. You see, without hunger, many of the promises that are written in the word of God, they will look like a fantasy. Is it a big deal that God can open blind eyes? Why is it a big deal that God can heal autism? Child of God, never lose your hunger. Because when you lose your hunger, even your prayers, they don't have impact. Because they are not coming from a desperate heart. You know, you're praying, but it is, Lord, if you can come, it is okay if you don't. You see, look at Malachi chapter 1, verse 10 to 11. The Bible says, Oh, that one of you would shut the temples so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. Can you imagine? We have lit, I don't know about you, but I know. Even me, we have lit so many useless fires. Useless. Fires that are useless. You're lighting the fires on your family altar and yet your children cannot be transformed by that fire. The conviction to cause your children to come and fellowship with you on that altar is not there. You do it alone. You have a family altar, but your marriage is breaking apart. Why is this fire not bringing healing? That's the fire that is calling useless fires. We are lighting the fires of healing for people to get healed, but we are losing our people of cancer. I've lost many. And I prayed for them. I prayed for them. 
I've prayed for things up to now concerning my family. I mean, things that um, I've not yet seen a change. You, you know, we have to humble ourselves before the presence of God. And the time has to come and you have to ask yourself, why? You cannot just continue doing the same thing and doing the same thing and doing the same thing. Those are the fires that God says it is better you shut down the temple that people will not come into the temple to light useless fires. Fires that don't bring transformation, fires that don't bring healing, fires that don't bring restoration, you you know, those kind of fires. Why? Because they are not driven by hunger. There is no sense of desperation and sense of urgency. When acceptable altars are raised up, God shows up. One day, about three years ago, I had gone to preach for Dr. John Mulinde in his uh, Africamp. And when I was there, our nation had gone without rain for five months. There was no rain in Kenya. And we had been praying for rain, and before service, we could pray for rain, and Lord, remember our nation, release the rain. So when I was at the in Uganda, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, that is not the way you pray for a national problem. The kind of prayer that you've been rising up in comparison to the problem that prayer cannot work. So, go back to Kenya and call for a solemn assembly. Let people spend the whole day in my presence praying for rain. So, I came back on the Friday night when I was just meditating about the solemn assembly. The Lord told me, you're meeting tomorrow, but don't pray for rain. Just repent of the sins and the iniquities of the land. So we met. Because you see, in prayer there is something called preparing to be had. You may be praying, but are you being had? Is God hearing you? So we spent, so we gathered, I told the people, this is what the Lord said, we are not going to pray for rain. We're just going to repent. We gathered from 8 to 4. We repented of the iniquities of the land, the sea. We did everything. And there was such a spirit of repentance and weeping and, you know, crying and travail, you know, that godly sorrow. For the sins of the land. At 
the Lord spoke to us and he said, now you can pray for rain. One pastor, a man of God, led us to pray for rain for only 15 minutes. That same night, it began to rain in Kenya. After five months of praying and nothing is happening. So we cannot continue raising useless fires. Fires that are not bringing change and we are continuing to light, light, light. Okay, let's continue. So, the Bible says, in Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 15, the Bible says, Drink waters out of thy own cistern, and running waters out of thy own well. You know, I was saying that, you know, you have to sow into yourself by yourself. Now, here he's saying that drink waters out of your own cistern. Child of God, you are right now drinking from the well that the Lord has put in my spirit. Many times you are drinking from the wells that God has put in your pastors. Those wells are wonderful. They are good. The well of your pastor, because the Bible says that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. They are rivers that flow out of your spirit. But for those rivers to flow out of your spirit, you must have spent time with God so that you can drink from the major river that flows out of the temple of the Lord. But then, my river cannot satisfy you. The only river that will satisfy your spirit is your own river. Your own river. That's why you have to read the Bible by yourself. You have to pray by yourself. You have to fast by yourself so that you can drink by yourself. When you drink from that river that flows out of your life, when your spirit drinks from it, you get fulfillment. Other rivers, they will tire you up. They will jumpstart you. But they cannot bring fulfillment. So, sowing, sow the word of God, sow messages, anointed messages, listen to anointed messages. When you are doing that, you are building up the spiritual fountains inside of your spirit. You are building up the spiritual reservoirs inside of your spirit. You know? So, 
your, your belly is getting filled. Your spiritual belly is getting filled with divine deposits that come as a result of spending time in the word in prayer. So we move from that. We go to the second level. The second level he says, reap the fruit of unfailing love. We are looking at the stages of getting revived. So, what happens to somebody who has been sowing the right things into their hearts? They will fall in love with God. They will fall in love with God. I mean, you will find yourself many times of your life you are so much gripped with the things of God. Even when you sit unconsciously without even saying, let me think about the word of God. Scriptures are just popping up in your mind. Stories of the Bible are just popping up in your mind. You know? Your, your, your spirit unconsciously learns how to worship the Lord without you deliberately trying to to, to tune it, to tune your mind and focus your mind. Why? Because your mind is saturated by the word of God and by the presence of God because you have created the right atmosphere. We can never have revival without love, love for God. Love is the greatest. The Bible says that now there abides faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Why do we pray? We pray to fulfill the first commandment, which is you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and everything that is within you. You know? So we, what drives us to pray must not be problems. What drives us to serve God must not be anything else. It must be love. We serve because we love him. We pray because we love him. We, we, we fast because we love him. Because if we are activated to pray because of problems, what about when God answers our problems? For example, we prayed for the election. God answered. What does that mean? Does that mean we should stop praying now because God gave us a new government? If we are tired because of crisis, we will stop to pray. But if we are tired because of love, we will never stop. We will continue seeking the Lord. Faith can fail, but love never fails. In Luke chapter 22, verse 31, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may shift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. Mm. Can faith fail? Yes. Jesus had to pray for Peter, that his faith would not fail. Love does not fail.
John 13:35 By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We should not only love God but we should also love his people. And that is one of the revivals that we need in church. We need the revival of love. You know? Yes, we have had the revival of prayer, revival of worship, but the revival of love. Love for one another. We don't love one another. <laughs> we try, but <laughs> maybe in SIB, you're, you're far beyond that. You know, but back home in Kenya, we are struggling with love for one another. We tear one another, pull down one another. We even rejoice when others are going through crisis. Love. You know, love is the greatest attribute of God. It is the greatest attribute. Look at um, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17. Verse 19 rather. It says... And to know the love of Christ which pathes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. If you want to experience not some of God's fullness but you want to experience all of the fullness of revelation. The fullness of the anointing. The fullness of the glory. The fullness of his power. It is not just by prayer and fasting. It is in the dimension of love that we experience the fullness. Because what motivates God to do the things that he does? God is motivated to do the things that he does by two things. One is for the sake of glory. God wants to gain glory in everything. But two is because he loves you. That's why he heals you. That's why he delivers you. That's why he blesses you. It's because he loves you. It is all about love. Love has got spiritual measurements. All of us here, we love God. But we are not on the same level. You know, look in, uh, in, the, in, uh, in verse 17. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted, rooted and grounded in love. You know, our faith, our service, our prayer, our giving of our offerings, our tithes and our substances. Everything that we are doing, we must be rooted in love. Grounded in love. But then he goes on to say that may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and depth and the height. Love is measurable. It has, it has a height, it has width, it has breadth, it has depth. We all have love. Lift your right hand and say, Lord, take me deeper. 
Take me deeper in love. Come on, I don't hear you say, take me deeper in love. Do a new thing in my heart. Praise the Lord. Child of God, your level of revelation is according to your level of love. Revelation of the word of God is according to the dimension of love. This is why you see, John, look at John, the revelator. You know, I, I really love reading the book of John and the letters of John. I really, the, actually the book of John is my best of the four gospels. I love that book. You know, when you read, you read Luke. Of course, Luke was a medical doctor. His writing is very, very systematic, historical, organized, you know, on point, you know. But when you read John, no gospel has revelation like John. While others were giving genealogies and so on, for him, from when he begins to pen his gospel, from verse 1, he begins off on Revelation. In the beginning was the Word. (laughs) And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. What a depth of Revelation. But who was John? He's introduced to us as the disciple that Jesus loved most. He was close to Jesus. He was the only one that Jesus could tell who is going to betray him. People who are close, who love so much, there are secrets that God will share with them that he will not share with others. Peter was older than John. He had responsibilities. But Jesus did not share with him who is going to betray him. He shared with John and John shared with them. When he is at the cross, all the men ran away except John. John is the only man, apostle, that was there with him. And Jesus told him, from today, this is your mother. And from now, you are the son of this one. Because people that love, God entrusts them with his burdens. Burdens for the nation. Burdens for people. He could not give that burden to Peter. He gave it to John. He's writing nobody. I mean, at times I wonder, look at some of the scriptures that John penned down. John 3.16. Really? Where was Luke never recorded it? Matthew never recorded it? Mark never recorded it? You only find it in John. That is a scripture that I know everybody here knows. For God so loved the world. What a golden scripture. Where were these other guys? It tells you something. They were either sleepy. They were sleepy. They had a spirit of slumber. When Jesus was speaking, some things were escaping. Or Jesus was doing private tuition for John. (laughs) There were private classes. Because they loved so much. 
Nothing makes your spirit to shine like love. Your spirit will billow with rays of light. Because love overcomes everything. That's why he wrote the book of Revelation. It was John who had to write the book of Revelation. Because your, your dimension of love, because every spiritual truth that you know takes you to a certain realm in the realm of the spirit. Every spiritual truth that you know and every spiritual truth that you live, not only knowing it, but living it. Brothers and sisters, we need to ask the Lord to revive our love. Our love for God and our love for him. Let's love one another. Tell your neighbor, I love you. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Tell somebody, tell somebody, I love you. And uh, if she's a sister, just to stand up and hug that person. If it's a brother, stand and hug that person and just pray for them. Release the love of God. Tell them I love you. You are my sister. We share the same blood, same DNA. Oh my God. Shamakara basanda rabakatuza. Remashanda bagadaya. Hallelujah. Love one another. Revival is all about love. <laughs> That's why, you know, when revival broke out in Uganda in the 1990s, oh my goodness. You know, we were sharing shots. Yeah, shots. We were so poor. So, if, you know, we are four of us, you alone is going to preach tomorrow, but I have a better shot than you, I give it to you. <laughs> Be smart, you know, <laughs> and go and preach the gospel. I can't even tell you some of the things that we shared, because you may laugh yourself too. <laughs> But I mean, that, that revival always, you know, love. Some of us love God so, so much, but we don't love people. <laughs> you say, God, I love you, oh my God. But that sister... Uh, uh, <laughs> Don't tell me about that sister. Mm. Come on. And you expect God to hate that sister because you hate her. <laughs> and you are so incensed when God blesses her. Oh my God. You want God to consult you. <laughs> God will not do that. There are about five things that increase our spiritual authority. One of the things that increases spiritual authority, one, 
is humility. If we humble ourselves, God will exalt us. Two is service. You know, he that wants to be great must be a servant of the others. Three, is love. Love increases our, our spiritual authority. And it makes us to enter spiritual dimensions, operate in levels that are beyond even our giftings. Because when you switch on love, you have access to all. And four is maturity. Galatians chapter 4 verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, defareth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. So when we mature spiritually, even our authority in the realm of the spirit increases. But the greatest of these is love. Why don't you take a minute and just pray. Ask the Lord to baptize you in the spirit of love. Love, now listen. Love, it's not your love. You cannot force yourself to love people. (laughs) It's very difficult. Say, I love you, I love you, I love you. And you get offended so easily with people. It's not your love. If it is your love, you're going to wear out. And love does not mean that we just treat each other like a baby. No. We even rebuke, correct, in love. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that we are going to do wrong and just say, oh, I love you. (laughs) Hallelujah. You are not praying, you are just sleeping, you are not carrying out your responsibility. (laughs) No, that's not love. That's rubbish. Yeah, because the Bible says, they that the Lord loves, he chastens them. So even discipline is love. The love we are talking about is the love of God. Because listen, some of you are ministers in this church. It is possible for you to love the ministry and don't love the people. (laughs) Yeah, you may love to be a connect, a, a, a cell leader. But you don't love the people. But you love the position. Oh, I'm a pastor. I've seen that. You, know. <laughs> you love the worship team. You are the worship team director. Woo! But you don't love the members of the worship team. <laughs> the love, love is, as I said yesterday, it is a substance. 
It is a spiritual substance. When we abide in the vine, Jesus is the vine. When we spend time with him, those spiritual substances begin to flow into our heart. You know? We begin to have compassion over his people. If I don't spend time with God, it is very difficult for me to love his people. I find people becoming a bother to me. I don't know about you. I find on, and I can understand what Moses used to say. He got tired. Leading people is not easy. That's why you should honor your pastors. Praise the Lord. You should honor them. It's not an easy one. Because for you, you go back home. When you go home, you're thinking of your wife, your husband, your children. You're, even the pastor is at home. He's thinking of nothing but you. <laughs> I tell you the truth. At home, you know, they will discuss... I see ourselves. We discuss about our children. Da, 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 da. We talk, we talk. Somehow, <laughs> you go back to the church. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to lead people. Especially people who are called sheep. Because you know, sheep is very complicated animal. <laughs> it is a humble. Sheeps are humble. Sheeps are humble. They are very humble, by the way. But they are not very smart. Now, I'm not saying you're not smart. I'm talking about the sheep. <laughs> I'm not, you know, when sheep fall down, you have to kick them for them to stand up, you know. You want to take them to drink water because my father had some cows and sheep. I found cows to be smarter than sheep. <laughs> I can tell you. The cows, they know the program. They know that now it is one o'clock. We are going to the dam to drink water. They know. They know where you always move. You move from this segment to this, to this, to this. One o'clock, choop. They all begin to move towards the water. And there is always a cow which is at the front and the one which is behind. Not with my dear sheep. <laughs> Cows are going this way for the That's why, pastors, we have to be patient because we are dealing with the sheep. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's just a relaxer for you. But anyway, what I'm saying, <laughs> when you, you have to spend time with God to love God's people. We have to pray, Lord, baptize us with the spirit of love. Amen? So that you can have compassion over his people. It's not your compassion. No. Can we pray for that? Pray for yourself and just ask the Lord, Lord, baptize me with love. Baptize me with love. 
Lord, revive our love. Revive our love. Our love for you. Love for you. Love for your people. Ramashakataya. Let there be a baptism. Revive us. Revive us. Makaramashana makataya rabagaraya. Remakasaka ramashana bakataya magaroza. Remakarabasaka rabakata zata rabashana bagadosia bakatola. Oh, Ramashanda Bagadaya, Ramakarabashanda, Bakato Zakato, Rakandi Akataya, Mareka Sakarabashanda Bakato, Zatila Bakando, Ramando Shamakataya. Lord, revive our love, revive our love, revive our love, revive our love. Love for one another, love for you, O God. Makaramashanda Bakato, Zatere Bekando Shakara Magadaya. Makasaka Rabashanda Rabakando Roboshanda Rabakato Roboshanda Bagadaya. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Okay, let me finish with this and then we just um, wind up to this session. So, says that reap the fruit of unfailing love. The third one is break up your unplowed grounds. Break up your unplowed grounds. At this level, God begins to deal with the deep, deep issues that are in our hearts. That are stopping the move of God from taking place. Things that are stopping us from being on fire. God wants our hearts to be softened. And and let me tell you, you see, the level of light that you carry in your life is according to the level of consecration. Personal consecration. There are things that no prophet is going to tell you. No. I, actually, it may not even be a sin. It may be a lifestyle that does not please God. And that lifestyle quenches the presence of God in your life. The presence of the Holy Spirit. It quenches. It grieves him. It grieves. The Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. These are things that God can only deal with in your life after he has baptized you with love. Because now at the level of love, all you love is God. You are willing to surrender anything that God points out and says, this one cut it out. This one cut it out. This one surrender. 
Brothers and sisters, each one of us here, there are things in your life. There is a lifestyle. There is something that is pulling you back from walking in a certain level of relationship with God. Maybe, as I'm sharing, the Holy Spirit is pointing out to you. But what I'm saying, these are things that many times not a prophet, not a friend, the Holy Spirit himself will point out something. And God will tell you to surrender. If you surrender, everything that God tells you to surrender, if you surrender, you cross spiritual lines. One day, we were having a, a solemn assembly in our church. Uh, this solemn assembly, we meet every first Saturday of the month. We had bishops, pastors, apostles, I mean, people from different ministries. We are praying for our nation. And uh, I was on the altar. I was leading prayer. Then we began to sing. And I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit very precisely, clearly. He spoke to me and he told me, you cannot worship me. And I looked behind. I said, I cannot worship you. I am worshiping you. And the Lord said, you are full of yourself. I said, what? I'm full of myself. I didn't know, realistically, I didn't know I had pride in my life. I thought I was humble. But the Lord pointed that out. And you know how the Holy Spirit can address something clear, sharp. So I was just still thinking about those words. The Lord told me, leave. Leave my presence. You cannot even stand in my presence. Go to the back of the church. And I want you to crawl from the back to the front. Oh! I said, Lord, I can't do that. (laughs) I said... Lord, what will the people think about me? I mean, going to crawl like a fool from the <laughs> from the back of the church to the front. I can and the Lord told me, that's what I'm saying. You are full of yourself. So the Lord told me to leave. So I said, Wow, mm, I'm going to get ashamed today. So, in my carnal nature, I planned what to do. <laughs> Very quickly. I, because the seats, we were seated on the floor. So I said, okay, 
I'll go to the back. I'll sit on the floor. And I'll pretend like I'm just, you know, then move a bit, sit on the floor. Then move a bit, sit on the floor as I pray. <laughs> Nobody will know what, what, what I'm doing. And before what? I'll be back on the altar and I would have fulfilled God's commands. I cooked that. Our hearts are so wicked. The Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. I cooked that plan very quickly. And yes, I, I had it. Now, when I am about to leave the altar, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And now, I want you to tell the people what you're going to do. <laughs> and I said, Oh Lord, this is too heavy. Anyway, when he said that, I knew I don't have to play games. You know, the Bible says that the sacrifices of God are a contrite spirit. That's what David said in Psalms 51 verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. Can you imagine that is the greatest sacrifice? It's not a car. It's not money. It's not a house. It is a broken spirit. Those are the sacrifices of God. And a contrite heart. That is the greatest sacrifice. Are you broken? I went. I told the people, I'm very sorry. Please forgive me. The Lord has given me this instruction to go at the back of the church and to crawl from the back and come to the front. Because I'm full of myself, I have a lot of pride in my heart. And everybody just wondered, wow. I went to the back. I knelt down. I began to crawl. When I began to crawl, like maybe five steps like this, the presence of God came upon me and I began to cry. The Lord began to show me many instances in my life. It was like a movie, you know, where I was so proud. And I repented and I was crying. I could not even move. Then the entire church, they also went behind and knelt down and began to crawl. I thought I was the only one in that meeting who had a problem. And the spirit of repentance came down. We wept for like one and a half hours. God was breaking us, breaking us and breaking us. And uh, because you see, these 
things which are hidden in our hearts they create layers upon our eyes that make us to be blind this is what creates the veils it is all to do with the heart so we went through that so we finished and uh, everybody was just giving a testimony and saying you know i've had this situation when i knelt down and i was crawling god began to show me the things i've been doing with the wrong motives everybody had a, a story to tell break up your fallow ground because fallow ground is ground that has not been tilled for some time why it is ground that has tears it is ground that has grass nobody can break it for you you have to break that fallow ground so that the presence of god can saturate your entire spirit your entire heart child of god what are the things that are holding you back today surrender i cannot tell you what it is but you know what it is is it pride is it greed is it gossip is it secret addictive habits you are in pornography you know you don't like the habits but it has a grip over your life is it smoking what is it that is choking the presence of god i can tell you that after the lord dealt with that in my life something happened i began to see the spiritual realm more clearly and that's when the lord you know made me to understand that the things that we hold in our heart they cause darkness over our eyes so as we come to the end of this session i want us to i want you to take you know just a few minutes to pray for yourself and ask the lord may the holy spirit help you to point out just stand up on your feet we've been seated for long and if you're there you know that there are certain things that the holy spirit has mentioned in your life that you need to surrender today you have tried in your own but you keep on going back to them i want you to come over here there is grace in the house to break away from that you know that there's something that you know that always holds you back you know it maybe it is a lifestyle maybe it is a habit you just come to the front i would like to pray with you maybe it is pride like for me it was pride whatever it is there is something that you know that 
this thing keeps on holding me back concerning my relationship with God. Every time I arise, I go for 40 days of prayer and fasting, I find myself going back.
Just open your mouth right now. Surrender. You know what it is? Speak to the Lord. Surrender that today in the name of Jesus. The grace is in the house. That which has been holding you. Every time you know that this is the the Lord has. I have to surrender this. But somehow you feel you are not. Maybe it is the lifestyle. Just release it, release it. Surrender, surrender it to the Lord. Surrender. Makara Mashana Makataya. Maroshata Mamama. Whatever it is, whatever lifestyle it is. Whatever it is, you know that this is creating tears in your heart that is quenching the presence of God. Just surrender, child of God. Surrender, 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 surrender. Makara mashana magaraya, ramasata makara basakara makataya, rosha magaraya, rekara makara basana magaraya, makara mashana makataya. Release it, release it, release it. Whether it is anger, it is so much anger in your life. Ramakasakataya Magadeza. Remakosekatea. Maramaka. It is the weight that you have been carrying. And it has been delaying you from going deeper in the things of God. Come on, child of God. Release. Oh, Rashamagaraya. Open your mouth and speak to the Lord. Just release it, release it, release it, release it. Yes. Ramaka. Whether it is smoking, whether it is drugs, whatever that has been there, that has been holding you. Makara Mashanamagaraya. Rekasaka. Whether it is the lifestyle that you know very well. This lifestyle has been holding me and stopping me from going into the deeper waters of the spirit. Makama Shaka, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Oh, Rakarabashana Magadai. Mashana Magadai. Even the people who are in the aisles, open your mouth and just pray. Yes, 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 yes. It is a time for release. The Holy Spirit is removing that burden from you as you surrender. 
Maybe it is bitterness. Some of us have bitterness. You're bitter. You are mistreated. You've gone through a situation that has caused the bitterness. You are used and dumped. Come on, release that bitterness today. Forgive. It's time to move on. Just pray, 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 pray. Yes, 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 yes. Release, release, release. Maramashana Magaraya, Ramakaya Magaraya. Enough is enough, Lord. We release, we release every stumbling block. We forgive everybody that has hurt us. We release our pride. We surrender it today. Paracato siatoza kayamandes. Makarabasana bagaraya. Rama kaprekatoza. Remasia bagaraya. Mandesa makapo siato zaya katila bakatololo siyalala. Mandesi makandelebesana bagaraya. Maroko sakarabagaraya. Release. Oh, Rabagadaya. Makara Mashana Magadaya. Roshana Magadaya. Cross over, cross over, cross over, cross. Cross, cross. Cross the lines. Makara Bashataya. Rema Mama Mama Mama. Maroshata Rabagadaya. Roshata Rabagadaya. Makasa Makataya. The presence of the Holy Ghost. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. My God. You have desired to go in the deeper waters of the Spirit. But there are obstacles. Oh, today is a day of offloading in the name of Jesus. It's a day of crossing the lines. Hey, Shamagaraya. Rosamakataya. Power of the Holy Ghost. Makasamakaramashanamagaraya. Surrender, 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 surrender. Holy Ghost. Shamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamamam
Release it. Makasa makarabakataya. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Shamagadaya. Roshamakaramakaya. Release every sense of betrayal. Makaramasanda. Whatever was holding you back. You were betrayed. Yes. You've had much pain and bitterness. Release it today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father Lord, in the name of Jesus. Just repeat uh, this prayer after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus. Today, I break up the fallow ground in my heart. I surrender all the tears in my heart that were quenching your presence. I surrender every lifestyle that does not please you. I surrender all bitterness, all pride, envy. I surrender to you today. Holy Spirit, fill me with your fire. The fire of love. Baptize me with the fire of love. Baptize me with the supernatural hunger. In Jesus' name. Now open your mouth and speak in the spirit. Speak in the spirit, everybody. Speak in the spirit, everybody. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. Thank you, Jesus. Raise it up, raise it up. Holy Ghost, fill your people with your fire. Fill them with your fire. Fill them with your fire. Yes, 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 yes. As you surrender the fallow ground, more of his presence. Fire of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.